Are you sitting in a space where you are struggling with anxiety? Do you feel like a prisoner to the cycles of depression? Do you feel stuck in your own life and feel frustrated and lost, but yet you know there is so much more on the other side of this mental breakdown? I want to hold your hand through this therapeutic life healing journey. I will help you navigate emotional healing, spiritual growth, and taking massive action so you can align your mind, body, and spirit to completely transforming your life. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, of stepping into your power and experiencing your breakdown as your breakthrough. Hey, I'm Adi. I'm your therapist, your coach, your mentor. Join me as we heal your life together. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the podcast, Therapeutic Life Healing with me, Adi, your host. I want to welcome any new listeners to the podcast. Hello, hello, hello. I hope that you enjoy your stay. And if you're a returning friend, thank you for coming back and allowing me into your healing journey. Today's episode is really special. We're going to be talking about boundaries and specifically being able to really put yourself first and using a scale to really help measure if you're being selfish, selfless, and falling right somewhere in the middle where you're not totally people-pleasing and completely neglecting yourself, and you're not on the opposite end, which I don't assume anyone who's listening to this episode or this podcast is of that end of the spectrum, but we're going to be interviewing an amazing therapist named Jamaica Murphy. She is a dear friend of mine as well, who is just incredible um, in working with her clients and has had tons of years of experience working in the mental health field and has mastered boundaries in her own life and now works with her clients to really help them master it in their own life. So today's episode is really special. Tune in, maybe grab a notebook or pen and pencil. If you're on a walk, you could text yourself little nuggets of takeaways that inspire you to really take these lessons, these reminders, if you will, into your own healing journey. Before we dive in, I just want to give a shout out to some friends who are tuning in in the United States, in Ireland, and Canada, and Australia, Norway, the United Kingdom. Hello, Argentina, and Taiwan, Cambodia. Hello, friends out in the Netherlands, Botswana, Italy, Hong Kong, France, Germany, Just to name a few, I just love that we're all connecting here in this space from around the world. Everyone is somewhere in their healing journey, tuning in, and may we just send out energetic love to our friends who are tuning in to one another. It's so important now more than ever to protect your own inner peace and also take care of each other. This is how we inspire each other to grow, how we invest in each other's healing journey, because it starts with ourselves. It starts from within, and then it's contagious. With all my love, I hope that you continue to heal, continue to empower yourself and grow and expand in your joy in 2021. Now, let's dive into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Therapeutic Life Healing with Adid. I am freaking so excited to have one of my dearest friends. I feel like I say that all the time. I have so many amazing friends. But I literally love this woman, Jamaica Murphy, who is a psychotherapist in the field. She is incredible and amazing at what she does. Uh, We met back in grad school, but Jamaica has been someone who I've looked up to and admired. She empowers people to find their own voices. 
She does incredible work in the world and she flies under the radar because she doesn't like to be public about her work. But, you know, I had to bring her on the podcast and we're like, no, 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 no. You are coming on and we are going to talk about boundaries. So welcome to the podcast, Jamaica Murphy. Hello. Thanks for bringing me. It's so good to see you and so good to hear from you. I'm so glad you're here, Jamaica. Before we dive in, you know, I have to put you on blast. I want you to share with listeners, number one, just like where your education has come from. And like we met at USC, University of Southern California, which is a a really um, prestigious school, right? It's known. And and you, I can see her. So she just rolled her eyes. So... (laughs) Why I want to name that? But I think both of us being women from backgrounds that those schools are not representing women like us. There's not enough black people at USC. There's not enough uh, Middle Eastern people of color. And not only did you go to USC, you also went to UC Berkeley, which is another prestigious school. You also went to UCLA, which is another prestigious school. And hello, currently at Harvard Harvard. My husband's sitting here. He's watching the interview. His eyes just like wide open. Like, yeah, that is who you are. And I, it's important to name that because I, again, you're representing an underrepresented population of black women and at all of these schools. And that's a huge, important light that needs to be I need to shed that light on you so I know you're like uh but girl because it's a big deal can you share a little bit about your journey so interestingly enough I started at Berkeley as an engineer major (laughs) um which kind of makes sense um I I am like creative I like to create and build what what ended up happening was I was the the voice of reason um the person people came to for advice and so when I was thinking about like what do I want to do in life I'm like I want to continue to help people in a professional way and so I did switch my majors after two weeks probably of being there I was like I'm not going to be an engineer I am going to help people in a very different way switch majors um, and decided to be an ethnic studies major as well as a social welfare major and I just felt like if I was going to help people I needed to understand people, right? And so part of my journey to doing that is being an ethnic studies major and understanding culture and religion and just people and their experiences. And after that, um, I came back home to LA and I worked for DCFS as a social worker for a couple of years. Um, And right after that, I went to USC and uh, received my master's in social work. Uh, My concentration was in school social work. Um, because I just started feeling like if we could start to intervene um, in schools, then um, students will have better trajectories. And so then it was time I, I became licensed. And I'm like, okay, you can keep doing this. I mean, you're good at it. I started um, school at UCLA to understand more of a teacher's perspective too. <laughs> like I have to go back and get a PhD and really understand this and learn this. And so... Um, PhD at where? <laughs> So PhD at Harvard, I'm studying really like how adversity impacts the brain development and like how those experiences may affect skill acquisition and behavior, 
And it's like, it, it's so cool to see it from like a personal level and a professional level and educational level of like, like there's something we're missing. Like we're missing something and I'm just trying to figure out what it is. And it's such critical work. Really need that information. Like we need to understand how diversity affects the brain. And it's a, it's a comes at a heavy cost at times. Yes. <laughs> I think uh, that's what many people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, um, everyone's not able. And so if you are able, then you must. Mm-hmm. And so when I wake up, I'm like, you know, you're not doing it for yourself because if I were doing it for myself, I would not be doing it. <laughs> so I, I have to. Remember this quote, once you heal yourself, it is your responsibility to then go sh- share that healing. Wow. Makes sense to me, right? Makes sense to me. And I think the key word is um, healing yourself first. <laughs> and I think this episode is so important to do with you because you have You've really done so much of your own work, your own healing, and that's not easy. And then here you are now in so many different varieties of settings and working with different people and you have your own clients. And we've talked about how important it is to have boundaries and how important it is to have healthy boundaries. So to pick your brain a little bit today around healthy boundaries. So to start, maybe um, how would you define healthy boundaries? And what's an example of a healthy boundary and an unhealthy boundary? Like how would someone know the difference between the two? Yeah. So one of the things is I think that when I hear people talk about boundaries, they usually talk about it when they're thinking about others, how someone else has violated their boundaries, disregarded their boundaries. Um, But I think part of the issue is understanding that um, boundaries start with you, yourself, right? Like who you are. And I think that's very connected to and tied to your, your personal value system. And so I think that most people can't stand firm in their boundaries because they don't know their own values, um, what they really truly value, and they haven't internalized that. And so in, in order to think about boundaries, I think you have to think about your personal values, and um, and that's different for everyone. I mean, of course, there are some universal um, healthy boundaries, but I, I think that it, it's a personal thing. And and when we think about like, what do I really want? Then you have to think about your value system and, and what's important to you, because like what's important to you may be very, very di- different and unimportant to me. And so first you have to be like introspective about what's important to me. What do I value? And then from there you create your boundary system, right? Like what, what are my boundaries? But I think that having healthy boundaries is really being able to honor um, your personal values and ensuring like those around you and those who you choose to engage with honor that as well. So I think it's like a an honoring of your own personal values. Mm, I love the way you said that's an honoring of. Yeah, I, I see that too. It's like it's honoring yourself. Mm-hmm. And then honoring the other person too with whatever their boundary is and not taking it personal. And I think that's where it can get into an unhealthy mm-hmm. pattern in a, in a relationship where we begin to not honor each other's boundaries and we take it personal. Like if someone says no, like you have an event, it's a birthday, it's a special yeah. occasion. And right, that's like an example of like a, a common one we we know of. And someone, you know, says yes when they really mean no. So in that space, you did not honor yourself. Yes. For whatever reason, you don't even have to have a reason why you want to say no. You want to say no, you want to say no, but you don't. You say yes. Right. 
And then in return, you go and oftentimes you get resentful after doing it so many times. And then the relationship can get messy because there's unspoken words about the resentment, right? And it's a choice, right? And that's the thing people forget. Like you chose to do that. It's funny because sometimes I'll bring up um, like your wedding, right? And I'll say, I'll tell people all the time, I'm notorious for not sticking around to things. I'll come because I love the person. I will engage. I will give hugs. I will take pictures. And so I'll tell people like, I will fly into a wedding and I will leave early, right? Because I want to show you, I value you. I love you. I want to support you. But I also know I I can be overly stimulated if I stay in those social spaces too long, right? And so even for your wedding, which was like amazing over the top and very, very long. (laughs) It was was so long. It was so long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Come in, right? Flew in um, and enjoy the space and you and, and, and just like the merging of you and your husband and the cultures. And it was amazing. And it was like, and I'm done. Right. And, and I remember I hugged you, love you, talk to you soon. Right. And you guys probably went on another five or six hours, (laughs) but, um, you know, like I understand who I am and what I need. Right. And I know there are some people, you are not one of them who would have been like, you're not going to stay. Like, why wouldn't it like you came this far away? And it's like, no, 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 no. Right. I know what I need. And um, my boundaries are set of like, if I'm becoming to, if I'm going to become overwhelmed by an experience, I need to walk away. Right. And, and so I can't allow what you need to influence what I need. Mm, That. Mm -hmm. And so that's important, but it's like, I know that about myself. It, but And that's why I said it starts with you. It doesn't really start with anyone else. It starts with you and you knowing who you are. So then you can project that out into, you know, other spaces. But if you don't have a great firm sense of who you are, like your boundaries will be blurred and they will be fluid and you will be upset and it, it's it's not good. <laughs> and and it, it, caused, it causes for like unhappiness. Yeah. And I love what you said, how you, you know yourself so well and you honor yourself. And what I love about how you've honored your boundaries, it's unapologetic, you know, and I think helping people, listeners, how do you get to that place where you can unapologetically, you know, you might at first feel like guilty, it might feel different or, or hard because it's new, but at getting to a point where you can be unapologetically inserting your boundaries because you know what you need and then you show up as your best self in those spaces and, and the relationships who the people who will respect that and honor that those are, those are, I would say the healthiest relationships because it's a two, like in the same way, like we can pick up where we left off. It's no big, there's like no animosity. There's no resentment. It's a very easy, energetic, fluid flowing relationship. Nothing is personalized. It's like, I, I trust you. Like, I'm not here to fix you. You're not here to fix me. I'm showing up living my life the best way I know I need to. And then you're doing the same. And then we have a conversation about it and that's it. Like that's life, (laughs) but we humans complicate it. You know what I find so interesting um, that I've learned by doing this work is that often the boundaries are set by people, you know, decades, (laughs) potentially hundreds of years ago. 
And, and so there's like this enforcing, right? Like, like they're social constructs. And so there's like this like policing of this is what you need to do. And so the person above you or society or the people who are expecting you to do something, like maybe they didn't want to do it either. But because they were forced to do it, they think they that you need to be forced to live in this box and do these things too. And so then, then you feel guilt <laughs> for not doing something that someone else told you that you should be doing. And it's like, but what is your voice telling you, right? Like what, like internally, what is your voice saying you should or should not be doing? And can we start from there? And we all know we have to compromise sometimes, fair, that's fine. But can you be self-aware? Can you be introspective and say, what do I truly want, right? And then once you do that, then can you communicate that in a genuine way to others of, I understand you would like this thing, but I can't give it to you for these reasons. I know that you want this, but I actually want that. And so I need to be true to myself. And it, and it happens all the time. And, and part of it is culture. Part yeah. of it is religion. Part of it is societal expectations. And there's this like unknown rule that you must. And it's like, why? <laughs> why? And if you continue to live your life in these um, created boxes um, that you're supposed to do these things, but you're unhappy doing them, um, then I think your your boundaries will always be blurred because you, you don't really stand firm in what you personally want to do. And it's all about these other voices and um, these other reasons for doing these things. And, you know, as a therapist, I feel like I'm always undoing that. <laughs> like I'm always having to like undo um, what people have created and um, and that's not healthy. <laughs> it's not healthy for you to do something um, even though you don't want to for the sake of this thing or this other person. And of course, I'm not saying always, like you can't always just do you, but it, it is important for you to more often do you. And in, instead of like people pleasing and doing what's important to other people, especially because those other people may be doing things that's important to other people, right? And so it's just like, where are you in all of this? Jamaica, I get a lot of women who, and you might have the same seeing clients, but this podcast is primarily listened by women. And the question I get a lot is, well, where do I start? How do I, how do I even know what my boundary is? how would I even begin to start knowing that? And then two, then communicating that. So where's like the starting place for someone who's like, who has grown up in a culture, you know, especially like our cultures, like it's like, you know, the Middle East and Syrian culture, it's like, you don't say no, people come first. And there's like a, there's like a, I think a beautiful part about teamwork and being an immigrant, like there is a survival ancestral connection to like not saying no and staying with the herd and staying as a group and, and comes at, you know, um, at a sacrifice, right. For the, for the better cause. And I think that's a beautiful thing, but we're not in survival mode anymore. We're, we're, we're meant to thrive now in our relationship. And I think my ancestors for getting us to this place, my family getting me to this place. But so for, for folks who come from cultural 
upbringings where it's just ingrained like you don't even know how to decipher between like what is healthy what is unhealthy it's just like all one big blur so where would someone like that start to even create and know what their boundary is so if you had um let's just say you you had a million dollars right now like you just won the lottery you went to go cash it out and you had a million dollars would you keep that million dollars under your mattress no why not because I would want to invest it and create memories with it. Okay. And I mean, you probably wouldn't want anyone breaking into your house. And oh, stuff. that too. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the thing, like back in the day before banks were created, like people probably kept their coins at home. Right. Um, but when you know better, you do better. Right. And so I think part of the thing is that, you know, like culture and, and, and some of these um, habits and routines were created a long time ago with purpose and intention and for reasons, but um, we evolve, right? And so you can't really stick a person into 2021 and have the expectation that they'll behave the same that people did in 1921, right? it's a different time. Um, it's a different place. There's a different context. Like, and so, um, bring, bring with you the good, bring with you the valuable things, um, have your traditions, have your cultures, but also understand and, and recognize and acknowledge when it doesn't fit for now in, in this time and in this place, because sometimes it, it, it doesn't. And that's okay. And so what many people go against is like this thing of like, but I want to honor again, right? My culture, my heritage, my people, my family, which you should, but you also like, who are you? Because now you you live in this place in this time and you have to kind of adapt and evolve in the ways that are important to you too. So it's like the bridging of the two, like bring that in and honor that too, but also where do you fall in that? Like, where are you showing up in that? And so it's like, how do you merge the two? You sit down with yourself and say, what do I value? And what do I want from each, mm. right? Like what aspects are important from, from each? And I don't think it's, it's necessarily that you bring it all, right? Because maybe it all doesn't fit for you and your lifestyle. And a lot of people don't want to hear that, but the thing is, like, when, when I talk to, you know, older people, they're like, I didn't like that. I didn't want to do that. I was forced to do that. My parents made me. I was expected to. Um, I resent it. I feel brainwashed. And it's like, but you did it. And it's like, yeah, because I had to. And I always tell them, like, no, you didn't have to. You just didn't want to face the consequences of doing so. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that is important um, to do both. And that is to honor those things that are important to you, but pull from them and then honor your new self and what you're creating and like what you where you're trying to go with things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so do both but put center yourself first. And and that's the whole thing. And I think people lose themselves in trying to be what other people want them to be, which just ends up, it it ends up with them being very confused and conflicted and bitter and resentful and and regretful. And it's like, is that the child you want? Is that the mate that you want? Like, no, you don't. You want someone that's happy. So allow them the opportunity to find who they really want to be and then support them in that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one example of that has been like a lot of folks that I see and just even my own life example is like uh, the like phone calls and answering every phone call with um, this could be a parent, like this could be a, a close friend, a family member. But when you call, you're supposed to answer, you know, um, drop everything, answer that call. Um, and I uh, remember even like having conversation with my mom, like we talk we have to talk every day, but there's been times in my life where like, we don't, not every single day, we space it out maybe a couple days, but you know, I had to actually even go to therapy to release myself of the guilt of not answering the call every day. Like that was a thing for me. And I, I'm sure other people can relate to that in ways that like, if you don't pick up a friend's phone call, you think, oh my gosh, they're going to be mad at me. I didn't, I have to call them back or, but you might need some time for yourself. You're going through your own emotional you know, mental kind of you're drained, whatever it is. And then feeling like you have to call that person back or answer that call when you're not ready causes a lot of um, distress on yourself. And then puts, I think over time doing that so much, it causes a strain on the relationship. And then I just had to have a conversation with my mom. I'm like, you know, if I don't call you every day, doesn't mean I don't love you. I'm okay. If something happens, trust me, you'll probably like find out right away. Right. There's like all these communication factors and channels. Um, but we don't have to keep repeating the same thing just because it's been done before and it's what's been passed down to us. So that's like a simple example, but I, I, I know that it's hard. It's hard when you, when the cultural, uh, narratives uh, are following you, but like you said, you have to empower yourself. You're living in different time now and create different boundaries. I have a couple questions from you, um, from my Instagram. I had asked, if folks had some questions and there's a couple um, and they're both kind of tied to family. So one of the women that had asked, how do I tell my family that I need my space without sounding ungrateful? Okay. Because you need your space, you're perceived as ungrateful. Right. And um, I I think it's not okay that people would even consider that you're ungrateful because you need time to yourself. I tell my clients sometimes, put yourself on a timeout, right? We do it to kids. Like, say I'm on a timeout and I need some time for me and and go and have your your time to re-energize, to reset. I mean, like when when my phone is acting up, I charge down, right? And, And reboot. And with computers and most things in society, it's like, why are human beings any any different, right? And so I think one of the first thing is one, understanding your own values and then communicating that to your your parents and similar to what you did to your mom it's not about you mom it's not that i don't love you it's not you 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 it's about me it's about what i need in this moment for these reasons and and i think sometimes people need to understand the alternative to that as therapists we know what happens because people don't tell the other side of that if i don't get this time to myself I'm going to have a breakdown. I'm not going to be productive. I'm, you know, I'm going to want to jump off of a bridge if I don't get this, right? And so I think people fall short of, if I'm not um, supported in this thing, (laughs) and that's a fill in a blank, (laughs) like if you don't support me in this thing, then I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to have anxiety. Um, I'm going to be burned out. And so if they can communicate to their family that 
having space is self-care. And it's not that they're ungrateful. In fact, it's that they, they want to show up and be present and be the best version of themselves for that person, for that family, for that partner, for, for whatever. Um, and the only way to do that is to take care of yourself um, first. Um, and, and you can't do that by being at everyone's call and, and, you know, changing and adapting to whatever, what everyone else want you to be. Like, it's not a possible thing. We try it and it doesn't go well. And so I, I think for the person asking the, the question, it's like, why would someone think you're ungrateful? Um, because you need time for yourself. But that's the reality of it. Like, like I have to like minimize myself and, and be nothing for you to feel that I matter. Like that, that like, if I don't do this thing, then I'm seen in a negative light. Like, why is that a thing? I think women, we feel a lot of the heaviness of like the caretaking in our families and our relationships, even friendships. And like, um, we're so used to giving so much of ourselves and then it being looked at as like selfish or you're not grateful and you're right. It is very sad. It is very weird, um, that we have not come to a place yet where it's common to just celebrate your rest, your, I want to invest in you taking care of yourself. I want to invest and celebrate when you need to cancel good, because that means you're taking care of yourself. And then when you're ready and you're filled back up, I trust our relationship that much that you're going to call me up, that you're going to come back and we're all good. But it comes from this place of insecurity. And like, I think insecure attachment, like we've just are so afraid of losing one another, losing control of one another. It's like, it's, it's, it's a very sick dynamic we've created. Like even with Abraham and I, um, you know, I'm very grateful for him in my life. So to go to this person's question too, I'm not sure if like family is like parents or if it's a spouse or kids. Um, but starting from a place of like, I like this, like you said, like, it's not about you, mom, this is about me. And I told Abraham, like, this is not about you. This is about me. Like I need my alone time. Yes. I have to, have to have my like me solo. Like I don't need to see a human being in my peripheral because I will be drained if I see a face, like, like I have to be by myself to recharge. And I need that often. And until I communicated that directly, like I need this and it has nothing to do with you. It's actually just the way I'm wired. I don't know. God wired me this way. (laughs) I'm internally wired to rest by myself. And then when I come back out of that, it's all good. We're going to go back to, I show up as my best self, like you said. So I think telling your family from this place of like, I, I love you. I'm grateful for you. But if I don't do this for me, here's the alternative. Like, it's not pretty. (laughs) I am not a pretty human to be around. I am not nice. I'm not present. I'm not really my best self. And I actually want to be my best self in this relationship with you. So yeah, I think starting there is, is just communicating that to them. Like, here's the alternative of what happens if I don't do this and I love you, but I I have to do this. And I hope you can celebrate that with me. It's like, do you want that for me? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, Uh, yeah, you want what the alternative is, Mm. right? Like, um, I deal with um, a lot of people who um, 
have to share with their families that they're doing something they know their families don't agree with. And um, one of the things we talk about is like, you're depressed, you're ready to commit suicide because they're not accepting this thing, right? And it's like, here are your options. Do you want a depressed kid who wants to die? Or do you want to support a child who's doing something that you don't agree with, but makes them happy, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, as long as they're not hurting anyone, but it's like, this is the thing. And so people fail to realize that um, the pressure they're putting on other people doesn't just impact them just like like in that moment, right? It, it can go very deeply into like really cellular for them and it may impact other decisions. It may impact who they decide to, to be with later in life, um, their self-esteem, their wanting to live. Like it can impact and influence them well into, you know, until they're 80, 90 years old by something you're saying or not saying or the way you're supporting or not supporting. And so I think the first thing is to just have that awareness of what you need and communicate that to your your family, your person, and then understanding that they may still not agree with what you need and they may still be overbearing. They may still try to get their needs met from you but that's where you have your your boundaries and say, I understand that you're not accepting this, but that I'm going to take this for myself. Because like otherwise people will try to get their own needs met from you. And it's either going to allow it or not. Absolutely. Friend, what about your spectrum of self-scale you created for your clients? If um, you can share with folks what that is and um, any sentences or phrases that you created that they can use in their day-to-day. Yeah, so I was having, um, which I often do a very similar conversation with one of my clients and um, we were we were talking about it. And I think there's something um, great about having something tangible and a piece of paper that you can take home or activity that you can do to help you internalize what you're learning in a therapeutic environment. So. Um, I'm often talking about things on a spectrum. And so I created this thing called the spectrum of self for a client. And on this spectrum, I have like, you could even either be a selfless person, um, a self first person or a selfish person, right? And so if you think about it from like one to 10 and one to three being like selfless. So selfless is you're always putting people first. Anytime someone asks, you to do something, you're like, sure, okay, you'll rearrange your schedule, you'll do all these things to make sure that, you know, their needs are being met, right? You'll bend over backwards to make sure their needs are being met. You will say yes, even though you want to say no. Um, You'll go to, you know, that, (laughs) that one year old baby's birthday party, even though you don't have a kid and you're just sitting there, right? Because they're your friends and you have to support them. And it's ridiculous that you're there, but you're sitting there with everyone else and their kids, right? And then the selfish part where, you know, I describe that as the eight, nine, or 10. So most of the time you don't care what other people think or say, it's about you getting your needs met and you're selfish and you're, and you're like, this is what I want. And by any means, I'm going to get that. And so those are the ends of the spectrum, right? It's your narcissist and it's your people pleaser per se, right? And so- I try to direct people to go towards the middle in, in being a self-first person. So it doesn't mean that you're um, selfish at all. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, you, you just think about yourself and what you need. It's, I'm going to take this moment 
to to think about what I need and make a decision based off of that, right? So it's going to you first, like having that conversation going internal with you first, and then, right, then answering the question or um, making a comment or a suggestion from there. And so I think you have to consider your own values and then go go from there. And so one of the things I think that people should consider is like starting with the I statements, right? I want this, but I am also open to that, right? So keep it very simple. If you're going to a restaurant or if you're considering going to dinner, like, oh, I want, you know, some drunken noodles, <laughs> But I'm also open to anything you want to eat, right? So it's not always someone who's um, selfless. They rarely have a response. It's like, oh, let's go to dinner. What do you want? Whatever you want, wherever you want to go, anything you would like. Or the selfish person, let's go to dinner. Okay, we're going to Morton Steakhouse, right? And it's like, um, <laughs> we, <right? laughs> like, I don't want steak, right? They don't have anything on the menu for me. Um, so it's just like, um, changing the way you think about your responses to people and, and how you engage with people, but starting with that eye, but also being open to other people. And, and sometimes it's, it's a hard no. Sometimes it's, you know, being very assertive and saying, this is what I need, but that only comes for understanding your values. But I think if you start with, um, like, if you think about it in that way of like the first, the I statement first, and then the comma, (laughs) right? So it's like, this is what I want, but I'm also open to this. Um, I plan to do this, but, you know, this is my plan, (laughs) but I'm also willing to do this. So that the person knows that you value yourself in that you are honoring what you would like to, and that they can't just walk all over you and only do what they want, but that you're also open to what they want. And you still eventually may turn that down, but at least um, they they do know that you're willing to hear it, hear it and that you also have something to contribute. And it's not always about what the other person needs and wants and blah, 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 blah. But it's also about like who you are in that moment and what you need for yourself. I love that self first First. phrase because it is like when you put yourself first, you're not being selfish and it comes with like a understanding of like, here's what I need, right? It's like a confidence. It's a, it's a tapped into your intuition, you know, all of those things. And you're much more now, I feel like you have space for other things too, once you're there, because when you're just either on one of the spectrums, you're so caught up in just either the other person or yourself that neither situation has a, I don't know, a meaningful enriched outcome. And so when you go self first, I feel like you're encompassing everybody and you're not neglecting yourself and you're not neglecting the other person that you care about. Lately, I've been in conversations and and with catching up with friends. It's like, here's what day and time is good for me. What about you? Right. You know, and then we'll get to a point where, you know, our schedules line up. But um, when it's always like, oh, whatever time is good for you. And it's like, that's so much of a people pleaser. Or it's like, I'm only available Saturday at two. Yep. Like, okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you never. I don't know. You know, it's so it's like finding that middle ground where you're like, yeah, girl, like I'm around Monday at two. What about you? What are some good days for you? 
and and going from there. It's right. very easy in your day to day to slip into the opposite extremes. And it's so, I think, important to start training your brain to go to the middle, like you said. You'll know too, if, if there's the two parts to that right? If there's a comma instead of the period, Ah. you know if you're doing it, right? (laughs) (laughs) But it it, it takes practice. Whenever I'm with clients and we're we're starting this, they're like, but how? And I'm like, it takes practice. It's about developing skills. Like no one expects anyone to, you know, run a marathon after one day of training. Like, no, like you have to train for anything you want and it's skill development. And mm-hmm. so once you do your own work, once you know what you want, then you communicate that, then you practice it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, for some people, for me, it's not difficult at all. Like, I feel like luck, <laughs> like you're going to get what you get. <laughs> um, but I know for a lot of people, it's challenging to because they've been taught, which is so ironic, right? They've been taught like, no, you listen. You for, from parents, you sit down, you listen. You, you know, you don't make a scene. You don't, don't, don't. And then you you're 18, and it's like, oh, you're supposed to speak up. You're supposed to be assertive. You're and you're like, but you do know you just raised me to sit down and shut up, right? <laughs> and so then they have to practice the skill where it feels very contradictory to what they've been taught their whole lives. Um, and so it's like develop the skill and practice and and practice with people who love you um, unconditionally. (laughs) Um, And then you'll be like, okay, like this is working. This is okay. I still have friends. And then you go out into the world and you, and you practice it. Um, Mm. If if you can do it in a loving environment, which is the same true for attachments, right? Like if you can start with that, that loving environment, that loving relationship and grow and build from there, then, then you, then you practice and then you do it. And then it becomes a part of your life. Like, I don't even second guess it. Like, and I think people who, who encounter me um, for the first time, they're, they're very shocked about how honest I am about what I'm willing or not willing to do. It's like, Jamaica, do you want to No, Thank you. And it's like, whoa, like you said, no, absolutely. And, and, and they expect like an excuse, like Jamaica, are you coming to this thing? Well, pre COVID, um, <laughs> No, I'm not. Do you have no other plans? No, I don't. But I'm not coming to that thing, right? Like, oh, why? And depending on how I feel about that person, I'll either explain to them because I don't want to, because I'll be sitting on my couch watching Hulu or Netflix, or I'll just say, because I don't want to, right? I don't have to have an excuse for you um, for why I'm choosing or not choosing to do something. Um, And I think people have to be comfortable with like, I'm choosing to have me time with my sofa and my streaming TV. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, I love what you said. I think that's so important in terms of being able to do it in loving relationships and practicing it as a skill and understanding that you all like you will get it wrong. Like you will have people who won't be happy, who will get mad at you. And I think being able to do it in the face of that anyway, because yep. this is something that matters to you. You're self-care, your rest, your sanity, your, you know, living your optimal like life, um, that you deserve it, that you're worthy of it, that, you know, it takes time. And I think it same, like I actually had a hard time. I still have a hard time. will over explain my no, right. Or give the why without even someone asking why, because it's that people pleaser in me, right. Don't be mad at me. Don't hate me. Oh no. Like over consumed with like the other person's feelings to the point of my own like detriment. 
Right. So it took some time to practice it. And yes, people did get mad at me. I didn't pick up my phone as much. I wasn't there for events. I wasn't as available Mm -hmm. to hear whatever was going on in your life because I was taking care of my own life and I needed that time. And people did get mad and people, you know, I think I didn't now looking back, I didn't communicate what I needed because I was still trying to figure out what I needed. So I went on the opposite end. I was like so loose with my boundaries. Then I went to the extreme end where I was so harsh with my boundaries where I was like airplane mode on my phone all day, every day. No one has access to me, but I had to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit me up on LinkedIn and you're like, hello. You're like, I don't know how else to find you. I've called you. I've texted you. I've emailed you and now I'm going to try LinkedIn. Um, but it went to the extreme end Mm -hmm. and then, and I think it's okay to give yourself permission to figure yourself out. And hopefully the people who love you, um, will get it. And you have to also be okay that people who love you may not get it. And they, they also are allowed to not stick around for it. And you have to be okay with that. And I think I got to a point where I'm like, I'm okay at this point. Like, I love you. But if you need to like, also go do what you need to do for you go. And I respect that. And maybe our paths will cross again, but I think we have to get comfortable with like being okay to offend one another in the process of like taking care of ourselves. And along the way, the right people who are meant to stay will, will be get sorted out and trusting yourself and trusting the process. Absolutely. I have another question here for you, Jamaica, from someone who said they had a question around boundaries with closed-minded family who depend on me to be happy. And I don't know when a boundary is crossed. Okay. Unfair. Right? <laughs> like, why do I have to be happy all the time? I'm a human being. <laughs> um, so, oh man. So that this, this, question is loaded to me because I'm hearing a lot of things. And one of the things I'm hearing is closed-minded family members. Um, and that's, that's unfortunate within itself because whatever you say may not penetrate anyway, right? So whatever reason you give will not penetrate, which I'm going to come back to, then if that's the case, then why don't you do what makes you happy? Why don't you do what makes what's important to you? right? Because if you cannot always appease them, which you can't, it's not possible. It's not humanly possible um, to always do um, what others want you to do and be happy at the same time. It's impossible. Like, show me someone who's able to live up to everyone's expectations and be happy not happening. Right. And so I think that the sooner you come to that conclusion that it doesn't matter, you're going to disappoint them at some point anyway. And so therefore you need to look to yourself and not disappoint yourself. So that that's, that's one thing you being happy, anyone being happy a hundred percent of the time is, is false. It's, it, is not a thing either, right? And I, I mean, I don't know what like the Buddhists, like what monks do and maybe they figured it out. <laughs> um, um, but um, it, like if you are living in a nine to five world and you, you, you're living here and you have to have certain responsibilities, I, I don't think it's possible, possible to be happy 100% of the time. Um, but I do think it's 
it's in your mind. Like, like you can choose like how you're going to react to each situation. And so you don't have to necessarily be like happy all the time. Um, but you, you can, um, prevent yourself from going like, let's say into like a deep depression or being very, very sad. But if your family's expectation is that you present that you're happy all the time, um, then that's really unfair. And, and I, I think that they like you should kind of help them understand that they're not happy all the time and um, that 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 you should have the ability to actually present what's real and true for you. And um, if, if you're not feeling well sometimes, then you can say, I'm not feeling well. And if you're comfortable giving a reason for why you're not feeling well, if, if something made you upset or frustrated you, then it's okay to say, I'm frustrated by this. Um, for this reason. Um, but to have the expectation of being happy all the time and carrying the weight of your family, um, which many of us do, right? I'm one of those people um, who, you know, no one calls to check in because I'm fine. Like everything's fine. Like I've, I've apparently have figured out life and like need no, You're at Harvard. you got it. <laughs> right. No, support, no encouragement, nothing. Um, so, so, so I do get it. Um, but I do have, I have a squad and I have a tribe and I have friends and I have family and I have cousins and I have people who I will call and say, this thing happened to me, or I'm unhappy about this thing or you know, these people are getting on my nerves. <laughs> um, and so, um, who would have thought? <laughs> um, so for the closed minded part of it, you don't have the ability to open their minds um, forcefully. I, I think that you living in your truth is the only way that they'll ever um, be able to open their minds because you're living differently than them. So it's like, I'm choosing to live this way and you can see me live this way. And this is my authentic happiness, right? And then that may change your mind and you may start to alter your perspective. Um, but I, I wouldn't try to forcefully change anyone's mind about um, being open or closed. I just think that you need to focus on yourself and um, live your truth and whatever that is to make yourself happy. And if you're not, have, have that group of people that you can actually express that to without feeling like um, you're not going to be supported. Talk to your people. Talk to your, your person about how you're truly feeling and live your truth. And, and hopefully by you living your truth, the people around you who, who are not open-minded can see how, how awesome it is, right, to just be authentic and, and be true to self. And I think that's the only way, really. And so focus on you, right? Like, I'm, I feel like no matter what question you're asked, you're going to ask me, it's going to come back to that. <laughs> the self first. It is. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so last question for you, friend. What is one last thing on your heart that hasn't been said that you want to leave listeners with today? I often ask people like, if you didn't have other expectations and you didn't have like these boundaries or like people having you in these boxes, like what would you be doing? And so um, sometimes, of course, I add like money to that if you're a multimillionaire, right? So, and I do that to take away all of these barriers that people feel are in the way of them reaching 
um, their potential or them reaching and being happy. And so I, I do that. And then they're like, well, I would do that, this, and I would do that. And I would be, and then they light up and there's this whole narrative about who they would be if these things didn't exist. Um, and with the exception of like the financial part, um, sometimes like, it's like, we'll do it. And they're often like, huh? And it's like, you know, all of this is created, which means you don't have to, you know, prescribe to it. Like you can say, no, I'm not doing those things and then go for your happiness. And so that's what I would tell people to do. Um, and I wasn't always here at all, right? I was on the other end. And so I know it can be done because I've actually had to do the work and go through the journey and get here. And so I would tell them to um, to fight for their own happiness and, and, and do it. My God, I just want to melt right now. That was so good. That's so true. It's powerful advice. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us, your wisdom with us, your Harvard badass self with us. <laughs> I adore you. I love you so much, friend. Thank you for sharing yourself with us and sharing your truths and wisdoms with us today. Okay. And um, we'll talk soon. <laughs> Thank you so much, friends, for tuning into today's episode. If you have some time, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and to leave a review. The review helps connect to more listeners from around the world to find this episode and find this podcast. So thank you for taking time to leave a review. If you want to dive deeper into your healing journey, go ahead and reach out to me and schedule your free 15-minute consultation. Wherever you are in the world, we can set up a virtual session online and it's confidential and whatever you're experiencing, whether it's a breakdown, a breakup, a life transition, you just need a little bit of accountability, whatever it is, you can reach out to me and we can have either one breakthrough session or we can set up a package plan and set you up with some individual coaching sessions to help you along the way in your healing journey. Reach out to me at hello at aditsi.com. That's hello at aditsi.com. It's also in the show notes. I provide individual therapeutic life healing coaching sessions to women from all over the world through virtual sessions. I also have a virtual therapeutic master course that you can enroll now and start today in the comfort of your own home. It's on my website, aditsi.com. Just click on the service tab and click on virtual masterclass and check it out. You can see a preview of the introduction and get a taste for what the three-week course will look like with the entire curriculum that you can view online and see if it's for you. Feel free to email me if you have questions. Wish you so much joy, so much fun, and so much healing in your journey. Thank you, friends, for being here. Stay safe. Stay blessed.